Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. All right, buddy. Mike's your own. Hey, guys, and welcome to another episode of Movie in the Pod. My name is Clyde Smith. I'm Javier Villalobos. Javi, so we're actually recording this on Sunday instead of our normal Saturday morning, um, and I'm the one to blame for that. Fairly late on Sunday, yes. Very late on Sunday. It was uh, my buddy John's birthday, good friend, friend of ours that we went to high school with, and had a good time. Played 18, shot 18, right? Right, right. <laughs> No, I actually started uh, golfing in March at the beginning of the pandemic, and I am still not good, but like to go out there and have a good time. That's uh, that's one of those that takes a long time to really get into it or really get good at it, I guess. Definitely. I have no idea how to play golf, so. <laughs> you got to come out there and putt-putt with us <laughs> <or> something, man. <laughs> I'm out there down with some putt-putt. You're trying to go mini-golf. There you go. There you go. <laughs> What'd you get into this weekend? Uh, band practice. Nice. Doing some stuff, helping my dad around the house with a few things, but other than that, really, really nothing too exciting, unfortunately. Yeah, it's kind of it's, it's kind of crappy and cruddy here in in Charlotte. So super cold, super not cold. Much, not much to do outside. So I say we just jump right in and yeah, see what's going on with this next next flick, man. We decided to talk about Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Javi, go ahead and give us a little details about this movie. The release date for this one was August 13th, 2010. Uh, it was directed by Edgar Wright, starring Michael Cera as Scott Pilgrim. Uh, like we discussed before, this thing has a ridiculous cast. Yeah, this is this is a very strong cast. Um, a lot of good people in there. Like he said, Michael Cera, Scott Pilgrim, Mary Elizabeth Winstead is Rona Flowers. Kieran Culkin, Macaulay Culkin's brother, is Wallace Wells, so on and so forth. A lot of great names. Yeah, we'll hit on a lot more of those as we uh, get scene to scene with them. Definitely. This this movie this movie was was written 
uh, by Michael Bacall and Edgar Wright. Edgar Wright usually writes and directs all of his movies. He had a little bit of help from Michael Bacall. Um, and this actually stems from a graphic novel by Brian Lee O'Malley, Canadian writer. So this one had a budget of $85 million and it grossed $48.1 million. It it did not do well. It did not do well in theaters, man. Like I know, I know, I know this. I didn't see this in theaters. Did, did you? No, I didn't. So it didn't do well. In th- I mean, it had a good review from a lot of critics. Yeah, but but Over. it did not did Over. not do well. Overall, <laughs> just just couldn't get butts in seats. I guess. Mm-mm. Even with this great cast, so. Uh, also released in 2010. We had some other good ones. Uh, don't you saw the movie Devil? Did you see that movie? Yeah, I did see Devil. That was a interesting piece that took place inside of a elevator. The whole thing, the whole yeah, it was it was in twenty ten. Had some good movies, man. Yeah, that was pretty crazy. Uh, Inception. Yeah, I, Inception did. He, Inception's not on my list, but it blows my mind. It did release then. Leonardo DiCaprio. We had Salt, Angelina Jolie, uh, Get Him to the Greek. Oh, good one. Yeah, Jonah, Jonah Hill and uh, Russell Brand. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Iron Man 2 came out that year as well. Iron Man 2. All right. Robert Robert Downey Jr. again. Can't get away from him, man. He's, he's everywhere. <laughs> yeah. A couple of ones that I remember and I mentioned 127 hours, Shutter Island and The Other Guys. A couple, a couple oh, of yeah. fantastic flicks right there. <laughs> yeah, there were, there were a lot of good ones that year. Those are ones that I think I – those are the ones that I really remember from that time. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think it was just like a changing of times. You know, it was after the Dark Knight where people wanted to do movies in a kind of different direction. So we got a right. lot of good, and we can just say a lot of good dark, gritty movies. Um, yeah, different genres. So it was real cool. So yeah, man, let's just go ahead and dive right into Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Mind you guys, I love this movie. I know I say that a lot, but this is one of those <laughs> really dope, visually appealing movies that's just fun from start to finish all right so we are opening up the movie to the mysterious land of toronto canada <laughs> uh, the first things we learn uh there's a little bit of a narrator scene at the beginning uh scott state in a high schooler um we are in toronto and then we move on to seeing everybody in there the kitchen of the somebody's apartment i'm guessing it's steve's wherever they rehearse with the band. Yeah, and we see a lot of exposition here, right? Scott is hanging out with his band friends. You know, we meet everybody. We come to find out that Scott is 22. He's dating this high schooler. Um, he reveals that, you know, she's this Chinese girl named Knives Chow. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, moving forward, we find we, we start learning the different people that are a part of the band. Uh, Steven Stills, a.k.a. The Talent. Uh, Kim, aka the drummer, that's what she is. And, oh yeah. And then young young Neil, you know, when Knives actually comes in and meets everybody a few minutes later, she asks like, "What does he play?" And he goes, "Uh, oh, video games, Zelda, Pac Man, all that stuff." Right. <laughs> young Neil's not in the band. Young Neil's the roadie. Yeah. And uh, Scott's backup bass player. Yes, yes, yes. Name of the band is Sex Bombs. Very interesting name. No, oh, yeah. Did you say that you you were you're you're in a band hobby? Wouldn't you drop knowledge on the our listeners about your band, at least the band name? I am a 
the bass player for a band called 50 Flies out of Charlotte, North Carolina. Oh, yeah. You can search us on most platforms at 50 Flies. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. Oh, yeah. So uh, they're in the kitchen talking, and Knives shows up. Uh, She's there for band practice to, to check out Scott. So Scott is getting set up. They're getting ready for band practice and we open the credits with Launchpad McQuack. <laughs> right. And we we see this, we see the opening scrawl of all these names and all these people that are in the movie, who's it's directed by. And after that is over, we kind of see some tension and jealousy from Kim. Don't really know why. Uh, she seems super jealous about Knives and Scott's relationship. And Neil, in the background, thinks Knives is really cool. Oh, yeah. So after the uh, opening credit scroll, we are at Scott and Wallace's apartment. We actually meet Wallace, who's played by uh, Mr. Culkin. And he's talking with Wallace about Knives being 17, and Wallace is telling him, you know, it's not good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're 22. She's 17, and then he gets a call from his sister Stacy, who is uh, played by Anna Kendrick. Talented. Mm-hmm. She gives him the business about the same thing. Then we move on to a date with knives. Yeah, so this is interesting, right? We are introduced to to Wallace, Scott's room, roommate, there through an interesting way of exposition. Edgar Wright brings us into Scott's world, where Scott lives with Wallace. Everything in that apartment is Wallace's, and they actually share a bed on the floor. Scott cannot afford anything because we find out that Scott doesn't even have a job. He's in between jobs, as he says. In in between jobs. (laughs) You know, so you kind of get the, you start trying to figure out like, why is he 22 dating a 17 year old girl? Why is he living with this guy and he doesn't own anything? Um, you know, everything starts making sense about Scott Pilgrim. Moving forward to their date, uh, it's a very sophomore-type date. What are they doing, Javi? They're at the arcade. Uh, they play some games, and they go to Goodwill and do some uh, thrifting, if you will. Uh, then they go to the record store to look at some vinyls. So they're uh, looking at vinyls of different bands, and they start talking. And we also meet Julie Powers in this scene. Played by Aubrey Plaza. Yeah. Very funny. <laughs> I, I love her character through this whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> she brings a real attitude like she does everywhere. You know, she's the voice of uh, Grumpy Cat in all those uh, TV movies that were made a couple years ago. Carmen loves those. Uh, so they're simply looking through some music, and we figure out that she is a big fan of The Clash at Demon Head, which we find out a little later uh, what connection that has to Scott. The Clash at Demon Head, that is a fantastic name for a band. But through this as well, right, there's a lot of more ex- exposition where we we see that um, Knives is really infatuated with Scott. Right. It's it's more oh, yeah. of a, a, a one way infatuation. He knowing that she is 17, he's 22. He knows this is probably not right and avoids really doing anything with her and is open and frank about it with everybody. Yeah. He hasn't even held hands. With exactly. her, apparently. <laughs> <clears throat> he takes he uh takes her to his to his spot where he stays at with Wallace doesn't invite her in. And Knives, and I, I love this scene because Knives goes, oh my God, like I've never even kissed a guy. And Scott touches her on the shoulder and says, me neither, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. He doesn't want yeah, any affection good. with her at all. 
Yeah, this scene too, uh, you know, he tells her, you know, we can't go inside the apartment, but uh, you want me to show me, you want me to show you my childhood home? <laughs> so he literally just does a 180 in the house he grew up in across, the, across street. the street. Across the street. Wallace's place. Then we go into this kind of like limbo uh, scene where he's like in a desert standing next to a cactus. Uh, <laughs> he's talking about how he's alone and all this. And this is when we get the first glimpse of, uh, we don't know her name yet, but this rollerblading girl, this girl of his dreams, apparently. Yeah. And, you know, then we jump to him at band practice and he cannot pay attention to band practice at all. The one thing about this movie, guys, comes at you breakneck speed. Um, It's fun and it's visual and it's bright, but you do have to keep up. You do definitely have to keep up. It's going to be a little difficult for me and Javi to explain but we're definitely going to work through and, and hopefully have a good time. Then Scott and his bandmates are at, at a party. Scott finds out through asking almost everybody that the girl's name is Rona Flowers, that she is at the party, and he instantly starts searching for her. When he first gets there, he's talking to the character Michael Cameo, who's played by Nelson Franklin. <laughs> the know-everything guy. <laughs> uh, yeah, the know-everything guy. Uh, I really remember him from uh, New Girl. He's playing some other stuff, but yeah. uh, he was in that one. Uh, yeah, Scott shows him a picture. He pulls up this picture, and it's just like a bunch of scribbles. He says, have you seen a girl with uh, this hair around here? <laughs> and immediately, he says, oh, yeah, that's uh, Ramona Flowers. And then uh, Scott jets off to look at her, try to look for her, trying to find her at the party. So he then finds her and starts spitting his game, right? Talks about Pac-Man. She's interested. She definitely doesn't seem interested at all. And the conversation kind of dissipates. And then he just starts asking everybody about this girl, everything that he can find. Come to find out that she is American. Remember, we're in Toronto, uh, Canada. She's American. She works for Amazon and she delivers packages. Honestly, man, I I didn't get that joke until just now. Like... (laughs) That why, you know, he called her American so many times in this movie. <laughs> yep. I just, I just, yeah. got it. oh my God. <laughs> you will find a lot, right? <laughs> oh, man. you can't, you just can't catch everything. I just, that one went right over my head. But that's the beauty of uh, Edgar Wright's writing and, and his directing style where. He will throw a lot at his audience. He's a lot like Christopher Nolan, where he throws a lot at his audience. And that first viewing, that second viewing, not even that third viewing, you're not going to catch everything, right? Um, But it's so much good chunks in the movie that you just continue to laugh at each and every time you watch Mm -hmm. this movie. So uh, after they leave the party, we're back at Scott's apartment. Uh, He's talking to Wallace about Ramona. Wallace is telling him, you know, you got to dump knives. You can't date both girls. And apparently Wallace can text in his sleep. <laughs> Immediately his sister calls and they're talking about it. And he's like, how did you hear about that? And he said, who do you think? And he looks over at Wallace and Wallace is passed out with his hand, with his cell phone flipped open, texting while he's sleeping. One of those old school, like razor phones yeah. flipped over. Mind you, this is oh, 2010 yeah. guys. So oh yeah, flip phone all day. <laughs> Uh, then we go to the next morning and we see Scott is on the computer. He's on AOL. He's soldering something on Amazon. Uh, then he gets an email. Uh, he starts reading it. It's from uh, uh, Matthew Patel. He starts reading it. He's looking through it. And it's getting more and more intense. And then he deletes it because it's boring. Very boring. <laughs> AOL, like 
the messenger was up. That's fantastic. I love it. I love I love the throwbacks, man. I love the callbacks. <laughs> so Scott literally waits at the door. He's sitting, legs folded, and just waiting in front of the door for this Amazon package. Mind you, he just ordered it minutes ago, and he's waiting for this package. Uh, the doorbell rings, and Scott's thinking it's Ramona. And it's not. It's actually Knives, who jumps in his arms, and they embrace. You can tell right off the bat, Scott is not happy about this. Yeah, it was literally seconds after he ordered the package that he was <laughs> expected to show up from Amazon. Jeez. I like I like that when he was like, Wallace, uh, how do I contact Amazon.ca? And Wallace yeah. goes, you type in Amazon.ca. This <laughs> <laughs> is like... Through the ex- exposition and everything, you can just tell, like, Scott is not the smartest kid on the planet. So Right. Uh, so, Knob shows up. They go on a date. They do the same thing they did before, music store. Uh, they end up at the arcade. And Scott's just not into it. He's just kind of bored. You know, he's thinking about Ramona. So, he starts to break up with Knives here and cuts off. And it brings us to band practice. And... She's there. So apparently he didn't break He did not do the deed. So while they're at band practice, uh, the singer brings up that they have a gig at the Toronto International Battle of the Bands for a record deal with G-Man Graves. G-Man Graves. All right. One thing fun about this scene, too, is uh, when he goes to the restroom, you know, he has the uh, P-Bar. Yeah, they're like it's like the, the old school Street Fighter <laughs> Mortal Kombat yeah. bar. And as he's peeing, it, 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 yeah, that was fantastic, man. Like I said, there's, there's a lot of great visuals in this that you guys are going to enjoy. If you are a fan of 80s, 90s, early 2000s, video games, comics, stuff like that, this is the movie for you because yeah. they bring you chunks of this. It's so much fun. So Scott walks out the restroom. And he walks into a, a hallway, like a high school locker room, or a high school hallway with a bunch of lockers and stuff going down it. And he sees uh, Ramona. Uh, she's blading through, and he goes around the corner, and she's standing at his door. So he wakes up, and apparently he's he's having a dream about her. And there, he's in his apartment. He runs to the door and opens it as she hits the doorbell. <laughs> I like this scene because it's the first... You know, they, they've met already at the party and it was did not go smooth at all for him. And this, you know, he orders the package. That, oh, I was going to say that uh, that Pac-Man line didn't go over as well as he thought it was going to go. <laughs> right. So we have, um, you know, his second time orders this package and knows what he's going to do, knows what he's going to say. And this scene is cool because he has to sign off for the package and he won't sign for it because he knows if he signs for it, she walks away. So he basically forces her to go out on a date with him. I mean, mm-hmm. I ain't going to knock the player for doing what he did, but he got a, but he got what he wanted, right? He wasn't throwing away his shot right there. Yeah, he played his cards right on that one. <laughs> so he signs for the package real quick. She says yes, and he just takes the package and throws it over his shoulder in the trash Into can. the trash <laughs> <laughs> Didn't care what he ordered. So he meets up with uh, Ramona. They're walking through the park, uh, talking. And we find out Ramona moved to Toronto to escape some of her past. You know, she doesn't really go too deep into it, but 
That's what we find out. You know, and we realize that Ramona is thinking that this is a date. Scott tried to coax mm-hmm. her into saying, let's just hang out. But she ends up calling it a date. And then she goes, let's go over there. Camera pans to the right. There's just this door. And the door actually leads to Ramona's apartment. And they're sitting there and they're, she's making him tea. And they she decides on sleepy time tea because she has every flavor of tea known to man. She goes through a whole exposition about it. And she goes sleepy time. And he goes, yeah, that's a. That's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> she drops she drops the tea down on the table and says, I'll be right back. Scott gets up and walks after her and she's changing. So he uh sees that and they embrace with a kiss. And they're about to hook up at her place first night, but she changes her mind about them having sex. But she doesn't allow him to crash because she doesn't want him to walk home in the snow. The sweetheart right there. She also reserves the right to change her mind about the sex later. At any well. time, exactly. <laughs> She's got the power, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> As they all do. Yep. The next morning, he invites her to uh, the Battle of the Bands event that him and his, uh, the rest of the sex bombs are in, and she gladly accepts. She hands him a piece of paper with her name, her number, and seven X's marked off on the bottom of it. And she's also rollerblading through the snow. Here. <laughs> and as she's rollerblading, she's going back and forth. The snow melts underneath. Yeah. Her. I thought that was pretty fun. Like I said, some really cool visuals that Edgar Wright put in, into this movie. I like. So Ramona goes to the rocket for the Toronto International Battle of the Bands. Uh, when she walks in, it's funny they describe this place. Uh, you know, everybody gets a little name tag as they come into the movie. This place is described as a toilet. Yeah. <laughs> This is funny because, Javi, I've seen your, your band play um, at some really cool places. But, you know, throughout the, all the years I've known you, you guys, you know, starting off, played at some toilets as well, man. I think that's just the nature of starting a band, right? Well, the thing is, you never stop playing at toilets. <laughs> it just, that doesn't stop. There's, <laughs> there's not very many places that are really nice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, People just don't take care of things. <laughs> In some places, just toilets, yeah. Uh, Ramona's there with everybody, and Knives shows up. Uh, so Scott's standing there in front of both of his girlfriends at this time. So he's in an awkward position, and he just kind of walks away. <laughs> uh, we see Steven freaking out because of the bands, the, the lineup that's going on. A lot of good bands. He is really freaking out about it. Then Scott's freaking out because Knives and Ramona are together, and it's a whole thing. Yeah. I don't know if we, we've already stated this, but uh, Wallace is also there. Wallace is Scott's roommate. Wallace is a gay man, and mm-hmm. Scott's sister is there on a date, and Wallace starts flirting with her date. It's a hilarious <laughs> scene. It's everything is shot intertwined together. Like I said, there's so much stuff going on. Uh, But that was like a a little bit of tidbit that I liked how he is going after Scott's sister's date the whole night. (laughs) Yeah. While Scott's sister, uh, Stacy's sitting there, she's talking to Ramona and Knives and she's trying to get them to talk about how they met Scott. She's trying to start some shit. Start some crap right there, man. Ah. Scott's looking up at the balcony where they're sitting and he really starts freaking out and he grabs the band and is like, we got to go on right now. We, we got to get started. Let's go. 
Uh, Knives gets so excited about them getting ready to start playing that she actually passes out. So have you know that part of the problems taken care of for the moment. She is awestruck at the sound and the sight of the sex bombs. She is the very definition of a fangirl. So sex bombs are playing. They're going through a song. All of a sudden, somebody crashes through the ceiling of this place. <laughs> <laughs> He comes flying in through the ceiling. He uh, does the superhero landing. And we find out it's Matthew Patel, one of the the first evil ex-boyfriend of Ramon. And and guys, to this point, the movie's actually pretty normal. Um, there is some cool visuals, uh, some, some great exposition. But for the most part, it's a very normal movie where you think there's this guy mm-hmm. who's juggling two women that's 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 what you think (laughs) when matthew patel crashes through the ceiling to fight scott it changes the whole movie changes (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah, that is yeah you're right that's a pivotal point to where it's like okay so as patel is going towards him uh scott's like what did i do you know and he's like, what do I do? And uh, Wallace tells him, fight. You got to fight, man. And then all of a sudden, Scott just turns into a ninja. He's just, <laughs> he blocks the punch and he kicks him, uh, kicks Patel back. And then, you know, he gives his uh, evil ex-boyfriend speech. Because everybody has an evil ex-boyfriend yep. speech, right? Everybody. Duh. <laughs> so Ramona's explaining uh, their past, their history, uh, her and... Uh, Matthew Patel's. Oh, and they met. Apparently, all the jocks wanted her. She didn't want none of the jocks. She met him. You know, he wasn't a jock, and he had mystical powers. Apparently, they liked to fight. They just fought all these jocks off. That was their relationship. They dated in seventh grade for a week yeah. and a half. Okay, which you will see this week and a half is a reoccurring uh, time with R- Ramona. My man was in love, okay, in seventh grade for a yeah. week and a half with this girl. So they uh, fight a little bit, and then Patel busts into a musical. He starts dancing. So he's real theatrical through the whole thing, too. So he uses his powers. He's floating up, and you know he's pull- calling these fireballs in his hands, and then he summons his demon hipster chick. Yes, that's exactly what they are. <laughs> yeah, they got like the vampire teeth, the uh, bat wings, and just. And dressed like hipsters. Uh, he shoots some fireballs at Scott. He dodges them. He basically destroys all the stuff that's on stage with those. Uh, Scott grabs one of Kim's cymbals and throws it at him and knocks him out of the air. And there's this really cool reoccurring visual of Scott earning points, which you're going to see throughout the movie. Scott's going to get into more fights. And when he wins these fights, he's going to earn points. Uh, just like you would if you're playing Street Fighter um, or any of these games that where you can earn points after whatever you do. So really cool video games visual. So to finish it off, he punches them and he bursts into coins. <laughs> <laughs> so at a, I think at this point, too, he was counting the change. He's trying to pick it up. He's like, oh, man, this ain't even enough. Take the bus. <laughs> so Ramona and Scott leave and the sex bombs win. Yeah, they win the uh, at the toilet place. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> they won the first round at the toilet place. So uh, Scott and Ramona uh, grab a bus. They're riding down the road, and Ramona explains to Scott that he's going to have to fight these exes in order to date her. Scott sees that silver lining that they're dating, and he says, so, so we're dating, right? She says, yeah, and he says, so we can make out? <laughs> so... So what you're telling me is he's a regular 22. He's a regular 22 year old. (laughs) There is going to be seven, now six evil exes Mm -hmm. that are going to try to kill him. But he's singular focused on this girl. You got to love it, man. You got to love it. That's just definitely, you know, recall when I was 22 chasing girls, nothing else mattered. That, that was it. Right. So I I love how they kind of put him into this uh, role. Michael Sarah does a fantastic job. They're, uh, they get off the bus, they're walking down the road, and she tells Scott, you know, I'm thinking about how warm my place is right now. I guess they go back to her place. Uh, we go next morning to Scott's apartment. He walks in, and we get this kind of sitcom vibe. Um, we got some uh, laugh track and things like that, and he's explaining to Wallace how he got to second base last oh, night. Yeah. Or, excuse me, he got the first and a half base. <laughs> 1. 1.5, guys. Uh, Wallace is still telling Scott, you know, you got to... You got to break up with knives. You got to, you got to break up with her. You know, he said, you can't date two, you can't have two girlfriends. And as he's talking, uh, Stacey's, uh, date from the night before comes walking out the restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, so Wallace, uh, you can tell Wallace does care about Scott. He also cares about other people where, He's saying he also has a lot of boyfriends. Yes. He's got a lot of boyfriends. You know, low play of play. I, I ain't mad at him. <laughs> you know, Wallace basically tells him that you have an ultimatum. If you want Ramona, you got to break up with knives. And if you don't do that, I'm going to tell Ramona about knives. Puts him in a corner. Right. So he has no other choice right now. If he wants Ramona and st- keeps Ramona, he's got to tell knives. So we see Scott back in town. He's in a phone booth calling knives, talking to her, asking, you know, what, what's going on and. Knives starts saying, are you wearing this colored jacket? Are you wearing a goofy hat? And she's all of a sudden at the phone booth. So he's like, okay, well, <laughs> you're here. <laughs> Very creepy scene. <laughs> uh, they're in the record store, uh, Scott and Knives, and they're uh, talking and Knives invites Scott over for dinner so he can meet her parents. It's, you know, It's going to be her birthday dinner. Scott's not too excited about this at all. And she tells him, you know, I'm in love. And the word love actually like comes out of her mouth and pink, pink letters like floating towards him and he fans them away. So they don't get on them. <laughs> Where, it, you know, and it's a visual representation of, I don't want this crap from you. Yeah. <laughs> he breaks up with her right there. Uh, pretty much takes her heart and stomps all over it right there in the record store. Yep. She's, she's heartbroken. So we're at another band practice, and Scott explains to the band that he broke up with Knives. He also explains that he learned a theme to Final Fantasy on bass, and that you know they should wait till they meet his new girlfriend, his new new girlfriend, uh, Ramona. A uh, funny thing here, we see some of uh, Kim's thoughts on Scott's love life. She says, "Scott, you're the salt of the earth." He says, "Thank you," and she says, "No, oh, sorry, the, the scum of the earth." <laughs> he says, "Thank you." <laughs> right, we're we're seeing more. They they're in a band together, so they're working together. Uh, but there's a lot of tension between the two. We come to find out that, you know, that's one of his exes from high school. Yeah. 
they start playing some songs. Uh, they're getting through, and Ramona shows up, and Scott bails immediately. They don't even, <laughs> as they says, you know, young Neil can play my parts. He knows my bass parts. Hi, I'm Neil. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Scott and Ramona are back at his apartment, and Scott's making dinner. He's really freaking out about her changing her hair color, which she changes every one and a half weeks. Week and a half. He says she changed it just like that. No big deal. She didn't make anything of it. Uh, she's real frugal with, with these things. So he's talking to Wallace about all that, and then Wallace is like, I got to go. So Wallace is leaving to go to this movie set where he can meet one of his uh, idols. When he leaves, Scott looks back at Ramona. She's giving him a pretty sexy look standing there at the counter. That's all I'm Facts. saying. Facts. Facts. <laughs> so they eat. Um, they hang out. He plays a song for her. And it's like mm-hmm. this counter, right? We see like 15 minutes later, they're eating. 30 yeah. minutes later, they're just hanging out talking. 45 minutes later, uh, he's playing her a song. And she starts talking about his hair. which is a reoccurring theme in this movie his hair um so he really fast puts a little like a toboggan hat on thing so he doesn't want to show his hair and how his last and then he talks about his last girlfriend and how she wanted him to get a haircut hasn't had a haircut since her uh and her her name is nat it's a little exposition about his ex love life there. That's like his uh, biggest insecurity through this whole movie is his, is his hair. Yeah, he seems like he doesn't care about much the whole movie, but the one thing he right. does is his hair. Yeah, the, the opinion of the girls for his hair. Yeah. I think it was uh, 60 minutes later they were making out. Yes. Um, that's when they start talking about his hair and all that. So he puts his uh, hat on to cover his hair up and... Decides they want to go for a walk. So they're walking outside. Ramona says, you didn't uh, bring us outside in the cold just so you could have an excuse to wear that hat on your head to cover your hair up. (laughs) No, 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 no. So they walk and they meet up with Wallace at the castle where this uh, movie's being filmed. And they get there and we see Chris Evans. (laughs) Walk out of his trailer as Lucas Lee. And I I guess he's playing this tough guy, hard-boiled cop type investigator but he also rides a skateboard like that's his his gimmick he's like a cop who rides a skateboard i guess it's hilarious the character he plays you know it's real uh he's a a real douchebag for lack of better word he's real over the top the character's over the top just like everybody else in this movie and it's so fantastic it is very fantastic he is over macho so much masculinity oozing out out of him where he just he's he's a dick and as as far as I know, like Chris Evans, nicest guy on the planet is what he seems like. And this one, it just takes it on a tailspin from him being uh, Captain America to him being Lucas Lee, two totally different roles. And he just nails the um, over masculine douchebag in this movie. Yeah. So he's getting ready to film a scene. You think he's talking, you know, he's acting in the scene, but he's actually pointing at Scott, telling him, you know, there's only one thing in between me and her, and that's the two minutes that it's going to take to kick her ass. <laughs> so he's actually talking to Scott. So he walks over to Scott, and they and they start fighting, and Scott's like, can I get an autograph? So they start to throw some punches, and as Lucas actually beat scott down uh scott get, runs back up to him and he grabs him by the shoulder and when the guy turns around it's actually one of his stunt doubles uh so lucas is laughing that's a stunt double and then he says you got to fight my team as well so scott starts basically whooping ass taking names with this fight with all these 
stunt doubles of Lucas Lee. As Lucas Lee is walking away, you just see this big dog pile from all the stuntmen on Scott. Lucas is walking away, checks his phone, laughs, grabs a cup of coffee, and Scott goes, Lee! Lee turns around. All the stunt stuntmen just laid out on the floor. Mm-hmm. Scott whipped everybody's ass. Yeah, this was my uh, my favorite kind of actual fist-to-fist fight scene. Yeah. Of the movie. It was real fun to see this one. So Scott and Lucas are going uh, one-on-one here. Lucas is beating the crap out of Scott, and he throws him through this banner, and Scott's on the ground on the other side. (laughs) Right. And Lucas tells him about the League of Evil Exes, and asks Scott, like, (laughs) don't you know about this? Um, (laughs) The Evil Exes want to kill Scott and control the fate of Rona's life. Scott has no clue what's going on. And Lucas goes, oh, man, that was it. You didn't know that? Oh, don't worry about it. Then let's go ahead and grab a beer. Scott's like, cool. And Lucas punches him again, right? Like, this guy is a big douchebag. Yeah, Scott says, uh, you're a really good actor, you know, but are you a good skater? And he gets a little offended and he pulls down his shirt to show his logo for his skate team or his skate company. Uh, Scott says, uh, so can you do a thingy on the rail? And then. Lucas tells him, uh, it's a grind, bro. (laughs) So he hits this really long rail, handrail, down a bunch of flights of stairs. And he's just picking up speed, picking up speed. And him and Wallace are watching (laughs) as he's going down there like, wow. Wow, every time he changes rails. And then when he gets to the bottom, he's going so fast, he just explodes when he bails. (laughs) He just turns into a big, like, coin cloud, mushroom cloud. and. Uh, Scott gets all those points for that. So he defeated Lucas, the second evil ex. He turns around and Ramona is nowhere to be found. The next morning, we see Scott back at his place with Wallace and Scott continues to call her, but no answer at all. Uh, Wallace explains to Scott that if he wants something, he's going to have to fight for her. Wallace goes, it's the L word. And I love this scene because Scott goes, lesbian? And Wallace is like, no, the other L word. And Scott goes, lesbians? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a memorable one from that. Wallace says that it's the love word and basically tells Scott that he has to move out. Right. <laughs> so he's. Yeah, he wrapped all up into that. He's like, oh, yeah, I need you out. <laughs> it just drops it on him. So he, he lost his girl or can't find his girl. Um, fighting all these evil exes, uh, thinks that he might be in love with this girl, and he's got to move out and has no place to go. Like, this guy's life is on the up and up right now. It doesn't get better. So the phone rings, and he's thinking it's uh, Ramona. Uh, answers the phone, and it's actually his ex, Envy, who is played by Brie Larson. Who used to go by the name Nat, and now she goes by the name Envy. Uh, the phone rings again. And apparently it's Knives, and Wallace is on the phone, and he says, oh, you're outside? (laughs) Uh, He opens the door, and we see Scott jump through the window. This is one of the better, funnier scenes of the movie, and it's so fast and funny and smart. Uh, The way that Kieran and and Michael play this scene with Knives Mm -hmm. is just fantastic, guys. One of my favorites. So he jumped through this little window. Then he comes back, grabs his jacket because it's cold outside. <laughs> and then it shows uh, like uh, 
Wallace's view looking out the door, we see Michael just jet behind Nas really fast. He just... <laughs> it's one of the funnier ones through this movie. Oh, yeah. So Scott is now just out walking the streets, and you can tell that he's he's in despair. He's not doing good. He's thinking a lot. He, he wants to know where why Remote is not answering his call. And he gets attacked by this like fast cloud type thing. And mm-hmm. it comes back and hits him again. It poofs, and it's this 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 girl who wants to fight. Scott really doesn't understand why she wants to fight, but Scott doesn't even care. He's just like, he's not in the mood. I don't want to do this right now. And she kind of obliges and just says, all right, we'll pick this up later. <laughs> kind of a weird scene, I would say. <laughs> yeah, it, it doesn't really connect anything. It's just there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> He did punch her in the boob, though, to stop her. He did, he did, yes. So Scott uh, ends up at the coffee shop uh, where he's going to talk to his sister. (laughs) He actually calls his sister first, and she's like, yeah, I'm there. He's like, I'm walking right in. He's in a phone right outside, phone booth. As soon as he walks in, his sister's leaving, and it's Julie that's in there. And he's like, how many places do you work? (laughs) Woman has a lot of jobs. Yeah, a lot of jobs. So he orders his coffee, and he, he turns, and... He's standing right in front of Ramona. They do some chit-chatting about, you know, her leaving the castle and kind of why she does it. His ex is there as well, Envy. Envy shows up at the coffee shop and Ramona's kind of freaked out. So she kind of walks away. Envy and Scott talk. And you can tell Envy, Envy even says that she's jealous and invites Scott to their concert that evening. Yeah, this is another uh, quick scene here where he's standing there he doesn't have his hat on and all she does is like mutter any little word about his hair and all of a sudden his hat's (laughs) (laughs) he puts his hat on so fast you barely notice if you're not you know if you don't catch it the first time you'll hopefully catch it the next two or three times yeah (laughs) so yeah he then he gets invited to her show and we find out that person that envy left scott for was named todd yes so Scott and Ramona, they're they're walking and going back to her place, I guess, to hook up. And as they as they as they walk, um, it cuts to this a scene where Scott wakes up in Wallace's bed with a third guy, and they're and they're all just sleeping. But they're talking about how Scott couldn't actually do the deed and hook up with Ramona because he couldn't stop thinking about his ex. Mm-hmm. Um, Wallace is telling him, uh, you know, you gotta, you gotta forget about that. You know, just cause she's in town doesn't mean that anything's changed. So Scott gets kind of excited about it and he gets up out of bed and he says, I'm not going to think about Envy anymore. She's not going to run my life. And then we cut to band practice and Steven tells him, so we're going to play a show with Clash at the Demon. <laughs> Envy's band. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to open up for Clash of the Demon Head. Yeah. Uh, Scott gets pretty uh, emotional about that. He sits on the couch and is talking to Ramona and he says, you know, we're all grownups here. We're all grownups. Let's do it. We can we can do this. And we see Knives is like outside of his window, just straight stalking them. <laughs> I, think, I think Steven says that they need stalkers. They need to like boost. Yeah, everything and they need stalkers and then he walks away from the window and you can see uh, knives out there and she's just like <laughs> what the is going on yeah and she sees him and Ramona together cuddling on the on the couch and we go through knives transformation here yeah she's at uh, apparently 
went to go get some hair dye. She's in her room. Uh, I'm not sure if that was her friend or her sister. I didn't really explain who that person was. Uh, but she's freaking out. She colors her hair. And then she texts young Neil to try to make Scott jealous. So now we're at Lee's Palace. And we got sex bombs. They open up and play. And nobody's interested. Nobody's even watching them. <laughs> that happens sometimes. It definitely <laughs> does happen. And then we see Envy's band clash at the Demon Head play, and everybody's interested in roaring, and they do a great performance. Scott starts explaining about Todd, the bass player, and that who that is. And Ramona goes, I know that. I know I know exactly who that person is. You know, Scott puts it together that Todd is an evil ex. Let's just Let's just stop and talk about Todd for a second. Brandon Roth. Superman. Superman. (laughs) I I mean, he's just he's just a beautiful man. I'm just gonna throw it out there. Hey, yes, yes, yes. Brandon Roth is definitely a good looking guy. Um, Playing bass, just jacked. I mean, (laughs) come on. Give it up for him. Yeah, yeah. It does a fantastic job in this role. I I yeah, he's he's great. You know, I, I went to go see Superman Returns, first movie I've seen Brandon Routh in, and I thoroughly enjoyed his performance in that movie. And I was like, we just need more of him. We just need this guy is is big, tall, he can be an action star, he can probably do some drama roles. And to see his turn in this movie at, at a comic book type comedy was just great. And and he killed it. And you know he was playing um Adam in uh the uh, Legends of Tomorrow. Yeah, he, he played the Adam. Yeah, he is in the, in the in the Arrowverse, right? Yeah. Yeah, and he also when they did some like Crisis on Infinite Earth crossover, he played Superman again. And dude, that dude's still jacked. <laughs> <laughs> he's a big boy. He's definitely a big boy. <laughs> he's a, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, after uh Clash of Demon Heads done. Uh, Envy invites that whole uh, the whole band, Sex with Bombs, and all their crew backstage. There's a little tension between them, Todd and Ramona, Scott and Envy. Uh, Knives is back there as well. Knives is freaking out. You know, Envy's her hero. She ends up coming up to the your lips kiss the same lips mine have kissed. And I don't really remember you know what the trigger was, but Todd stands up. And slaps the highlights out of Knives' hair. <laughs> <laughs> Neil goes, like, and so she's passed out. Neil goes yeah. to her rescue, and he's just like, he punched the highlights out of her hair. He punched the highlights out of her hair. Like, super dramatic, overdramatic. It's just hilarious and funny. Yeah. He says, I'm not, a, I'm not afraid to hit a girl. I'm a rock star. <laughs> So you can see in this little backstage, right? There's a lot of tension and buildup mm-hmm. uh, happening, and you can just see it festering with Scott. And he just gets so upset that he gets up and tries to go punch Todd. But <laughs> Todd's got some powers. Yeah, Todd's got powers. <laughs> yep. uh, so they they scrap a little bit, and uh, Todd throws them through the wall out into the alley behind the place. And they start explaining what's going on that Todd's vegan. <laughs> so he has vegan powers. You know, basically if you're vegan, you're better than everybody. <laughs> simple as that. As simple as that. You use, you use more of your brain power. If you're a vegan. <laughs> 
So he uses his powers and throws Scott into the sky, like really high, like into the atmosphere. Yeah. So they got like a minute of the talking and they're talking about, you know, Todd being a vegan and all that. And then Scott falls back down to earth and slams into some trash bags on the ground. <laughs> Ramona walks over and he says, uh, if I peed my pants, uh, can we pretend it was rain? <laughs> He says it's not raining, Scott. <laughs> oh man, I love the fun here. I definitely love it. So you know you're you're engaged, right? He's at this third evil X now, and he's gonna have to take take him out. No clue how, uh, because Todd has all these powers, and just more exposition and more talking is happening here. So Todd uses his vegan powers again after he uh, tries to make a joke about turning Scott into dust that doesn't quite hit. <laughs> he throws him back into the club, makes another hole in the wall. Yes. We hear some bass thumping. And Todd goes, I think somebody's trying to get a little funky. <laughs> so we have a bass battle. Now, this is my favorite scene just, just because it is what it is. Got Scott on a red Rickenbacker bass, which is sick. Todd's on a Fender, a red Fender, and they're trying to play uh, some funky riffs to destroy each other. Nice, nice. With Todd having his vegan powers, he basically destroys Scott in this battle. <laughs> uh, so, so when he does that, Scott ends up back out in the alley again in some trash. He's, <laughs> he just keeps throwing them in and out of the building. He's, he's sitting in some trash, and he somehow ends up with these two uh, cups of coffee. Yeah. <laughs> and he tricks Todd in drinking one. He says, here, uh, one of these is soy. Another one is half and half. Here's the one with soy. You could have this one. And he just uses the power of his mind. And apparently Todd can read his mind because of his vegan powers. Of course. But he he tricks him and he drinks the, the one with half and half and the vegan police show. <laughs> Which I'm going to say this is... <laughs> This is like my favorite scene and my most hated scene of the movie. <laughs> like I love the, the the music battle, but the vegan police thing was, yeah, that was the worst out of this whole movie. Oh man, it was funny, but it was it was terrible. The vegan police come <laughs> and let him know that you know he's had now had three charges of like three infractions. And they strip him of his vegan powers. They have like this ray gun. It gets wild, guys. Stay with us here, right? <laughs> they strip him of his vegan powers with this ray gun. Uh, Todd drops to a knee. Scott yeah. then steps in front of the vegan police, headbutts him, and wins the fight. <laughs> oh man, Scott! Oh, the vegan, the vegan police was the worst. <laughs> oh my god! Scott apologizes to Nat and leaves the venue with Ramona. Let's take a break. All right, guys, we're going to take a quick break. Hey, guys, while we're on this break, we wanted to take a moment and let you know we are on social media. We are working on our Movie in a Pod YouTube page and working on getting some great guests on the pod in the future episodes. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Movie in a Pod. Take a moment. Check us out. Yeah, so Javi, this YouTube page, what are we expecting with that? First off, we're expecting a live commercial. Ooh, people do love live commercials. Hopefully in the future, putting up our podcast as a video so we can show off our beautiful faces. Man, I got to get a haircut then, brother. You know, I've been having this COVID hair for almost a year now. Starting to get my uh, curly cue going on over here. 
<laughs> means I got to get to the barber. What should our listeners expect from our social media pages? We want to talk about movies. We want to know what movies are in theaters. Not right now. We want to talk about what movies are on Netflix, HBO Max, and the whole shebang of bang. I want to talk about all the movies from the past, all the great movies that are coming up. I want to know who your favorite director is. I want to know who your favorite writer is. That's how I want to engage with our listeners. Once again, check us out on Twitter and Instagram at Movie in a Pod. All right, mics are hot. And we're back. Javi, what happens next, man? Things get serious real quick at this after party. Uh, we see the girl that from earlier when he was walking down the street that he punched in the boob. She's one of Ramona's exes. Yes, and the lead up to this is is great because Scott and Ramona, they're at the bar of this after party and they're having a fight. Their first time, there's really kind of tension between the two. Scott doesn't really drink, but maybe deciding on, on drinking and goes and he's a little testy with Ramona and asks her why I got to fight all of your ex-boyfriends and Ramona keeps reminding him it's exes and we yeah. don't really know why at this point in time until the girl from earlier who postpones the fight appears and that is like Javi just said that is one of Ramona's evil exes right <laughs> where she went both ways at one point in time so that's fine <laughs> So she's engaging with Scott and Ramona steps up and pulls this humongous hammer out of her little bag. Uh, she starts fighting with her and she's getting the best of her at this point. Uh, the girl looks up at Ramona and says, you know, this is a, a league thing. Scott's the one that has to defeat me, not you. There's like rules and regulations in what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> out of nowhere in this movie, right? <laughs> So Scott's looking and he says, I don't think I can hit a girl. And Ramona says, you don't have a choice. So she grabs him and she's actually holding his hands and kicking his legs around and stuff and using him to fight like a ventriloquist dummy. Yeah. Oh, they all get off some good hits. And eventually this girl, she throws down a like smoke bomb Batman style and just disappears. <laughs> and she reappears in between them. She knocks them apart and they're kind of on their own. <laughs> <laughs> she lifts up her leg trying to get the final blow on Scott. <laughs> she says, your BF's about to get effed in the B. <laughs> oh, man. He looks over at Ramona and she's trying to tell Scott the, the back of her knee, that's her weak point. <laughs> Scott says, how do you know that? She says, well, when we used to be making out, and he's like, never mind, never mind, don't tell me, don't tell me. <laughs> <laughs> so as she's breaking her leg down. He pokes the back of her knee with just like the tip of his finger. She falls on the ground and bursts into coins. <laughs> coins everywhere. Yeah, a lot of coins. We go back to the bar where Scott and Mona were kind of being tentious with each other, and Scott begins to drink. Orders two, they start fighting again, and she calls, and she basically walks away, says, and calls him another evil ex waiting to happen. Um, yeah. And then Ramona gives him a list of all of her evil exes, and the next two are up are twins. You can definitely see see that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he orders two gin and tonics, and. <laughs> He orders two of them. She's standing there. She's, he's like, did you want something? And he downs both. 
So we were at band practice, and we come to find out that Ramona dated twins, and that these twins are who the Sex Bombs is up against at the next rock venue for the showcase. Come, come to find out they're doing an amp versus amp event. And so they're at the next show, and they're looking at those flyers, like you said, uh, say they're amp versus amp. They don't know how it's going to work. They say it can't work, and then they walk in the venue. There's two stages set up across the um, dance floor from each other. They're like, oh, I guess guess it can't happen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ramona's there. Uh, she's talking to G-Man, and this gets uh, Scott pretty amped up. Oh, yeah. This starts the amp versus amp. The band start going. Sex Bombs is a traditional uh, three-piece rock band. The Twins, they're more... What, what are they even playing over there, Javi? I don't even know. It's like a trap music, electronic music. They don't really play anything in particular on here. They're basically like making a bunch of chords and stuff, but it's kind of like house music, dance music. It's more like synthesizers and everything, right? Yeah. Yeah. They hit the opening chords and you see this big like energy burst come off of them that, uh, you know, blows a bunch of stuff over and all that. And then Sex with Bombs kick it off and they're starting to create energy to fight these dragons that the, the twins have created. Yeah. You're going to see some really cool visuals here where the yeah. twins have these like two this two-headed dragon and sex bombs are creating their own monster everybody says that was a yeti some sort of yeti the yeti cool because what i did i was actually trying to see what kind of pedal he actually used yeah and so i ended up kind of down a deep hole of that (laughs) (laughs) the people like go on the internet dive into different things and they come to find out oh they know joe pesci did a christmas album (laughs) yeah Basically, yeah, it was. They call a lot of people called it like the uh, ethereal yeti, is what they refer to it as. Nice, nice, nice. <laughs> there you go, dropping knowledge. So it's basically like two big uh, energy monsters that are fighting each other, and as one side's playing heavier, the other side's trying to play a little heavier to see who's the strongest one. The yeti beats out the two-headed dragon, so the sex with bombs win that round, and Scott gets a one-up for that yeah it's that uh that free man if you will (laughs) right yeah you know you get the you get the green mushroom and and mario and it gives you a one-up you get a sonic the hedgehog head and sonic the hedgehog's video game scott gets this little scott pilgrim video pixel head of his he just grabs it out of the sky and kind of pockets it and runs off the stage uh, so scott goes running off to find ramona and she's gone uh her and gideon have uh left the the venue he finds her outside and she's waiting on the car to pull up with a gideon in it he's talking to her and he says just want you to know i'm in lesbians with you <laughs> Immediately after that, she breaks up with Scott for Gideon, who we now know is G-Man, yeah. the record producer guy. The rest of the Sex Bombs come out. Uh, Gideon signs him to a three-album contract. Scott does definitely does not agree and is replaced immediately by Neil, who can play bass. He's been playing bass for him the whole time, actually. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he tries to pull a power move like the, guy, like the rest of the band's going to back him up. And they're like, nope, you're gone. We'll place you right now. <laughs> So Scott not only loses his girl here, he lost his band as well. Yeah. Gideon and Ramona drive away, and Scott realizes he said lesbians instead of love. 
Makes sense, said lesbians. <laughs> I Jeez. love this scene because you can see early on, Scott, he didn't care about anything. Uh, he was just kind of living in the moment. Right. And you can see him maturing through this movie. And he still Fs up sometimes. You know what I mean? Where he, he meant well. He meant to say love. But he just messes up and says lesbians, right? <laughs> so we see Scott walk in and then we see him banging his head on a light post. You know, he realizes everything's messed up at this point. Uh, he doesn't have a band. He doesn't have a girlfriend. Then after he's done banging his head on the post, he's sitting on a swing and his sister pops up and she's trying to, you know, you know, tell him everything's going to be okay. Uh, you know, next time don't date a girl with 11 X's. <laughs> and then he says, well, it's, it's only seven. She says, oh, it's not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that bad at all. Whatever. Uh, so Scott uh, goes back to his apartment. He walks in and flips the light on and Wallace starts screaming, turn the light off, turn the light off. <laughs> he says, you may have seen a guy's junk, but, you know, I'm going to need my bed tonight. For sex and i'm gonna need it i'm gonna need it the rest of the week and the rest of the year <laughs> so he lost his girl lost his band and now he's really kicked out yes really he's finally sick. kicked out yeah uh gideon calls scott and uh they're talking about you know he's at the chaos theater and ramona's there and all this stuff and he wants them to come to the show because he says it you know he thinks it'd be in bad taste if he didn't come to that show yeah uh, wallace tells scott you know forget what i said earlier about it go finish him finish gideon oh yeah scott did get dressed and this is a, an homage to him putting on a shirt jeans wrist bracelet type thing and then his shoes and the scene is really breakneck until he gets to him tying the shoes. And the tying the shoes is just really slow. Loop, swoop, and pull. Loop, <laughs> swoop, and pull. <laughs> and then the next scene is him busting out the front door and running all the way to the Chaos Theater. He walks in and the sex bombs are playing. The lead singer tells him, you know, don't, don't do this. Don't give him the satisfaction. He says, what if I want the satisfaction? <laughs> he goes to confront uh, Gideon and ends up confessing his love for Ramona, which gives him this power up. So he gets the sword of love. Yeah. And then he has to fight a bunch of uh, Gideon's minions. Yeah. Which is another pretty badass fight scene in the movie. You know, and we're getting a lot of dope visual effects in this scene. Scott is whooping ass, taking a, all this like karate um, jujitsu is happening with this sword and all these all these goons, all these minions are turning into coins. And if you look at the ground to them, they're actually turning in the coins that they're turning into is in the outline of the goons. So it's really, <laughs> really cool visuals. <laughs> so he runs up after he finishes with the minions to go for Gideon. Uh, they both leap in the air and he knocks Scott back down the stairs, shatters his sword. And then out of nowhere, uh, Knives comes out and just starts attacking Gideon. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then she moves on to her main target, which is Ramona. And Scott and Gideon are fighting over here. Ramona and Knives are fighting on this side. Scott eventually takes down Gideon and explains that he cheated on both of the girls, breaks them up so they don't hurt each other, and he cheated on both of them. Gideon gets back up, comes behind Scott, and stabs him in the heart, killing him. So Scott's now back in this limbo that we were in earlier, basically like his dream world where Ramona's there. And something I think we kind of skipped earlier, she says, uh, 
he has some kind of highway in his consciousness that she rides through to get places faster. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have those in Canada? <laughs> <laughs> so they have some kind of connection there. So she's talking to him and uh, just kind of leads to the point that G-Man is controlling her. He has a power over her. Apparently she has something it's like a chip on her neck that gives him control of her and makes her want to be with him. After they're done talking about that, Scott realizes, you know, from that conversation that he needs to be doing all this and fighting for him, not necessarily fighting for the girls. He needs to fight because he wants her, not for her. Yeah. To protect her kind of thing. Uh, so he uses one up and we reset all the way back until that call from Gideon at the apartment. Yep. So we go through everything again, the getting suited up. The real slow shoelace scene. <laughs> uh, running through the theater, into the theater, and back to him confronting Gideon once again. So he has to fight the minions. And this time he, instead of confessing his love for Ramona, he says, you know, I'm fighting for me this time. So he gets a different sword, a sword of self-respect. Yep. And he's different now. He apologizes to his band, apologizes to Kim. Yeah. Uh, young young Neil graduates to Neil. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. And then we have this awesome sword fight between Gideon and Scott. And then after he uh, knocks Gideon down, he goes, Knives, you can come out now. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Right. He's fully aware of what happened before. That that's that's what's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> so he confesses to Ramona and Knives about cheating and instead of trying to put it off like it wasn't a big deal, he takes accountability for it that he messed up. Yeah. Gideon and Scott get back to fighting again and then Knives intervenes and it goes into two-player mode against Gideon. Just like they were doing on that dance dance karate revolution thing earlier in the film on their so-called dates. So they fight. Gideon knocks out knives. She's hanging off the side of the big throne that they're on. Uh, eventually shatters Scott's sword. And while he's got him pinned down, Ramona walks up. He turns around to her and says, you're still my girl. And she says, uh, well, how about let's both be girls and knees him in the nuts. Yep. <laughs> so Gideon swings at Ramona and knocks her down the stairs, and then Scott Knives proceed to double team him and kick his ass. Whoop his ass. So while Gideon's down, uh, he starts talking about how long it took him to put the League of Exes together <laughs> and find all the contact information. He said two hours. <laughs> it took him two hours to put that thing together. <laughs> and then Scott pretty much punts his head off and turns him into coins. Yeah. <laughs> Defeating Gideon and getting the high score. Yeah. Scott walks down off this tower that Gideon was hanging out at and starts to talk to Ramona, starts to talk to Knives, and you start seeing uh, Gideon's glasses. To Gideon's glasses, he picks him up, and through that, Scott needs to fight Nega Scott, which is like a negative Scott, which is weird. Guys, once again, stay with us. This is a great movie. There's a lot of weird <laughs> elements in this movie here. It looks like Knives and Ramona was ready to help Scott take on Nega Scott. <clears throat> oh, yeah, they square up. <laughs> they square up. And Scott's like, no, I got to do this myself. So you get the uh, visual at the bottom, solo round. And then, yeah. it, and then it just cuts to the next scene. 
knives and Ramoners outside of the chaos theater talking. And Scott walks out with Nega Scott. And they're like talking about getting brunch the next week and like hanging out and shooting the shit and everything. <laughs> he gets to the girls and he's like, they're like, what happened? They're like, oh, no, he's actually cool as shit. Yeah, we're going to hang out yeah. next week and get brunch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, Knives and Scott are, are talking and they're kind of a f- little flirty. Uh, Knives tell him, you know, your hair's getting getting shaggy, probably need to get it cut. And Ramona walks off because he thinks they're kind of coming back together. And Knives tells Scott, you know, go after her. You know, you've been fighting for her this whole time. So he uh, goes and talks to Ramona as she's walking away. He goes, talks to Ramona, catches up with her. They're, they're going to try again. She takes his hand. And they walk through that door that we saw earlier on their first date, I guess, to her apartment, to her place. And then you start hearing like a countdown and the camera pans up above them. And it's the Street Fighter countdown, Mm -hmm. the continue clock. And it goes down to zero and the credits start rolling. And that is Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Javi, go ahead. Take us back, man. What did you think about this movie? I really like this movie. It's, It's one of my favorites to go back to. I gave this one a four buckets of popcorn. Yeah. It's not for everybody. You know, if you're into drama, you're into murder mysteries, you're into stuff like that. This is the complete opposite of that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that that's why I gave it four buckets. I just don't think it's for everybody. Yeah, man. I give this one, and I think this will be a first for us, but I'm giving this four and a half buckets, okay? Oh. Giving it four and a half buckets. I loved it. Right this movie right this movie brought it for me with this just great talented young cast um by the direction of edgar wright and just his storytelling techniques and how he infuses anime um pop culture um science fiction and just with the beautiful visuals that you're actually in a video game the whole time i I love it it's fun if it's on television, it's on for the hour and a half, two hours that I'm sitting there, and I will watch the whole thing. Dope. 4.5. All right. Yeah, man. Really, really like this flick, flick here. So so what was your uh, favorite scene for this one, Clyde? Oh, man. I, I loved all of <laughs> the visuals. I think it's going to be the Patel fight scene, man, because like I said earlier, you're watching this movie, and it's a straightforward comedy maybe like rom-com type thing among these characters and he burst through it and it's just a different movie at this point moving (laughs) forward it's just a different movie and his introduction is fantastic i love it where (laughs) where matt matthew patel is like didn't you read my email and scott's like "Uh, i skimmed it right like just you're you're getting the comedy you're getting the great visual effects right you're getting some singing and some magic it's just so much coming at you at one time um, and at all the characters in the background, there's great shots and visuals of them as well, man. That's just fun. And that's where this movie definitely takes a, a weird, but for the better turn. So definitely that. Like I said earlier, mine was uh, the base battle between Scott and Todd. Yeah. yeah. And, and Todd having his vegan powers. That was fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Like like Scott was ready to like whoop his ass uh, yeah. in that little room, and my man just got powers out of nowhere. And you're just as in the audience when you're watching this movie, you're like, "What the hell is happening? Like, where the hell is this coming from?" 
<laughs> so much stuff comes at you at breakneck speed in here, but it's so much fun. And, and the payoff yeah. is great. So, yeah, guys, let us know what you think about this movie, right? Uh, right now, this movie is available on Netflix. Obviously, you could buy, download, DVD, Blu-ray, whatever you want to do there. But we want you to watch these movies. We want you to let us know what you think. Always follow us on our social media, guys. That was our conversation about Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Once again, my name is Clyde Smith, and you can find me on Twitter as I am Clyde D. Smith. I'm Javier Villalobos. You can find me on Twitter at MrJ8200. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.